Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. It is a black Monday in the National Football League. We're just, oh, Judd and I both have gopher stuff on today. Whoa. Look at this. What is no this? One's a bigger, no one's a bigger fan. You know why? Because Gopher Men's Basketball is back, Declan. I don't know if you've noticed or not yet. They're back. But Gopher Men's Basketball, nobody is a bigger fan of Gopher Hoops than Phil and I. No, I'll have to go to a game sometime. <laughs> yeah, tell me when. <laughs> When's your next home game? Clear your schedule. Uh, it's soon. It's soon. because soon, Pretty it's, soon. We're yeah. right in the season. It's, yeah, I, it's I'm like, guessing I, it's I don't a big, know the exact I'll it's check be a big, on the exact hey, time. Michigan? No problem. Maryland, see you later, okay? Yeah, bring on another M school. Bring on Michigan State. Bring on whoever else. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, welcome in Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by our friends at Quick Trip. And today we deliver our hottest Vikings takes live here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, We will keep you updated on some of the, the Black Monday happenings, including former general manager Rick Spielman, He's going to assist in the, along with Bob Myers, by the way, the the former GM and architect of the Warriors dynasty in the NBA. Bob Myers and Rick Spielman have been hired as essentially consultants by the new Washington Commanders ownership group to identify the new general manager and coach for the organization. Now, I could see Rick in some of those meetings being like, you know, I don't really like, I don't really like these Uh, candidates very much. You know, Bob, what what if I handed you my resume? That's what I'm thinking. Like, do you really think, like, Rick's going to be, unless he's just done with being a GM, which I don't really see. Like, I think he still loves it. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The Bob Myers one, though, is super intriguing. Yeah. So, Bob Bob is doing some TV work for ESPN. I guess he's still going to do, like, NBA coverage on ESPN, but he's going to help build, at least as a consultant, an NFL franchise. So, okay, before we get to our hottest Vikings takes, and and we, we haven't really dove into the big brett coleman speculation about what the vikings tried to do in last year's drafts we'll get to that on today's show we'll give you a bonus episode of purple daily today with a pie chart in it 
Let's tell the audience about our friends at Quick Trip who've helped us power Purple Daily through the 2023-24 season. Absolutely. And so it's Monday. And you know what? After work, it's going to be a long day. You got to get gasoline. And the wife or the the husband said, you know what, honey, pick up dinner. And you're thinking, I got to make all these separate stops. I got to go to the gas station. I got to, uh, uh, uh. As Declan and Phil can tell you, Quick Trip is your one-stop shopping, and uh, Sportsdad is here to tell you exactly what you can get, including a full offering of chicken options, a roasted whole chicken, huh? Is that not perfect for supper time? Prepared fresh daily, great for meal prep or e- easy dinners, uh, on special every Monday. In other words, today, there is a special on a roasted whole chicken. Also, you know what? Snacks, chicken sandwiches boneless wings oh, yeah. um if you're gonna if you're gonna fill up the car you're gonna get the quality gasoline guarantee what more could you want to make your life simple than our friends at quick trip who are here to help yeah okay who wants the first hot vikings take here who wants it i will go last oh, because i've got you're deferring. i've got it i've got an interesting one but i don't but i okay. don't think it should lead off okay, okay let me okay I, I i'll start you off with this one all right so I appreciate all the work the Vikings did in a lost season. You know, they showed some fight there after Kirk went down. I appreciate losing six out of seven to to get a better long-term sort of outlook on the franchise. I mean, I know that we had the debates for a couple of weeks. You're a bad fan if you're rooting for this, that, the uh, other. But, like, that's over for, for the long-term health of the franchise, you know, Better players are available. You get you get access to the best edge rusher, the best quarterbacks, right? So it's it's good to have. If you're not going to make a run in the playoffs, you'd rather not be in no man's land. They came a little bit further away from no man's land with their losses in December. But here is my hottest Vikings take. I don't think they tanked aggressively enough. My hottest take is losing six out of seven wasn't enough. Because if you start to look now, and some things didn't go their way yesterday, right? Like the, the Falcons, instead of the Falcons hung tough with the Saints, they were tied at halftime and then they get smoked in the second half. Arthur Smith acts like a juvenile delinquent at the end of that game. <laughs> you scored a touchdown yeah. on my team. And then he gets fired like 10 minutes later. <laughs> which like, you, dude, by the way, get the hell out deserved. of here, you clown. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So here's the problem. All right. We knew this was a lost season from the minute Kirk Cousins, from the minute Justin Jefferson went down into Kirk Cousins going down, right? We sat there. We even talked about, boy, should they be trading to Neil Hunter at the deadline? So mm-hmm. they, they, they rise up like the Undertaker sitting up from his grave, right? And choke slam a couple opponents. Atlanta, the Saints, oh my God, they might, they might be able to make a run here with a bunch of random Josh Dobbs backup quarterbacks. And then after the Saints game, they decided, okay, now we're going to go in the tank, all right? And so they're sitting 11th. The Bears are drafting number one. They're going to draft a quarterback, especially after yesterday. Justin Fields was so bad in that game against the Packers. If you needed like one lasting memory of, we kind of like Justin Fields. I'm not sure he put that speculation to bed with his performance yesterday. It was not good. Commanders at number two. They need a quarterback. Patriots at number three. They need a quarterback. So there's, and, and a lot of the mocks this morning too have quarterback, quarterback, quarterback coming off the board. So for once, the Vikings are sort of out of no man's land, but not like close enough to the top of the draft order here that I guess my worry is by not losing enough games after Kirk Cousins went down, they put themselves in position to maybe draft like the fourth quarterback off the board. Because if the top three teams maybe. need quarterbacks, they're probably not trading out of those spots unless you 
blow them away with an offer that goes above and beyond. So that's kind of, and plus the schedule, by the way, too, instead of getting the fourth place schedule, they get the third place schedule. And some of this is going to change, you know, like the commanders might hire a good coach and maybe they get a spark. Maybe the Patriots get a spark. Like those are the teams you were going to play. Uh, So you're playing a better schedule than you would have. And I will note that last year, the Texans and Browns both landed fourth place schedules by finishing last place in their divisions. Mm -hmm. And they jump into the playoffs in part because of that bad schedule in 2023. So I'm just, I guess I'm sitting here today and I, I'm appreciative of the six losses in seven games in a lost season for the long-term health of the franchise, but I don't know if it was enough losses. So you're saying essentially that they should have taken, when Kirk got hurt, which I think was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the third game of what eventually became a five-game win streak, uh, Falcons and Saints were the next two. What you're saying is that Quazy should have more aggressively, like he should have traded Daniel at that point because yeah. you you would have had to strip the team. You could you could have you could have traded Daniel Hunter because the, the yeah. Kirk Cousins injury happened. This is all like hindsight twenty twenty. But even in the moment, yeah. we're like, okay, how far you you have to make a decision. Hunter's a free agent here in a few months, and we can do a whole separate episode on was it worth it? Because he and he did say in the locker room he'd like to be here. It's the only thing he knows. Right. But obviously, if another team offers him more money, then he probably goes and signs elsewhere, right? So always wanted to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, Phil. You know that. Hey, if they I, offer five million dollars more per I've year, I always love Jacksonville, Declan. You know I love Jacksonville. Duval, <laughs> yeah. So my feeling about that is, you know, when they got off to the one and four start, I thought that's when they might be like, okay, you know. We're not the worst team in the world, but this is d- disappointing, and it sure doesn't feel like it's going to be our year. And then they they had that they had very much the same resurgence that if you guys recall the 2020 Vikings with with Zimmer had when they traded in Gakwe at the deadline, and then they went on like a four game win streak. I remember they went to Green Bay coming out of the bye, and they won, and then they started that up. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I think if you had made a conscious decision at one and four to say, it doesn't look like it's going to be our, our year to what you're saying, Phil, Daniel Hunter's going to be a free agent. Um, but like we talked about at the time, this team never will do that. Like, like, you know, the bears were two years ago, the bears were unloading guys in training camp. Cause they're like, uh, we're going to be a little bit too good. This team doesn't because of how it's run. And I, I still think it goes back to the very, very top, the Wilfs. They will never sort of like say, you know, for this is short-term pain. We'll continue the short-term pain, yeah. but the trade-off is going to be a long-term bonus, big bonus. But And and I, I should say on the other side of this, because I know a lot of fans would would agree with this too, you can't just lose games and then expect to also have a winning culture. So I I'm I say this a little bit tongue in cheek in that because I saw a comment, well why don't they they, they maybe they should have just gone 0 and 17. And like, oh, well that would be great. And then you'd be drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May, but you would have no culture. You'd probably be firing your coach and right. So there is a balance between, hey, when adversity hits your team, are you building a culture that can next man up, fight through it, still win games that maybe you're not supposed to? I mean, look at what Mike Tomlin has built with the Steelers. They go, they, they're limping into the playoffs with TJ Watt is going to be out for like the next two or three weeks. They're probably not even going to make it far enough for him to come back and play. They've got really no reliable quarterback options. They've got George Pickens who d- refuses to block. And like, 
all these things going against them. And yet the core of it built by Mike Tomlin still leads them to nine, 10 wins every single year. And there's a ton of value in that. So I'm kind of torn between you want the Vikings to be competitive, fight through adversity, have a culture that rises up. They win close games, all these things, right? But you also, for the long-term health of the franchise, you'd like to find someone to take over for the 36-year-old non-elite quarterback that is coming off an Achilles tendon injury. And I'm telling you, I think the first three teams in the draft are going to draft quarterbacks. And so now it probably makes sense for you to draft an edge rusher and leave the quarterback question open until sometime Again. later in the first round or second round, right? So yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. It's an in- interesting spot that they're in right now as you look at the draft order. Do you guys want my hot take? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would love, love your hot take. Go ahead. All right, here's my hot take. The Vikings are no longer in a competitive rebuild. They have to admit this is a full-on rebuild. Wow. The Vikings are in a wow. full-on rebuild mode. This is not a competitive rebuild. Did you read rebuild. my piece <clears throat> at vikingswire.com? I did not, actually. Because I, 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 basically, I basically wrote they've got to drop that stupid term. Oh, well, it is, it, I, so I, I agree with we're you. We're thinking on the same page. I right? like that then. Because yeah. uh, if, if you want to get this back in a positive direction... You got to admit that you got you to answer some tough questions and basically fill these roster holes that are going to be very difficult to do. Um, this is a full on rebuild, and things might not guarantee, be guaranteed for next season. But the Vikings have to admit that they have to find a quarterback, they have to find interior line help, they got to find a wide receiver three, they got to find a running back, they have to find a number one tight end while their first one is out for the first month. On defense, you have major question marks at cornerback. You have basically no defensive linemen or edges really signed through uh, 2024. And Flores' no. future is up in the year. And now, hitting on a stud quarterback like C.J. Stroud and the Texans did, you know, that makes things easier, can make up for deficiencies. We saw that with Andrew Luck even when he got drafted number one overall. And that transition can happen. But there's also guys like Josh Allen who took some significant lumps his rookie season. And then by year two, they're in the playoffs for the fifth year in a row. They're winning their fourth straight division title. It can happen, but there there was an adjustment period there too. So the Vikings have to admit, this is not a competitive rebuild by any means. There's too many holes on this roster. This is a full-on rebuild, and you got to accept it. And part of the reason why, if you're right, if they because you just listed some of this, it is pretty daunting when you look and see, okay, they have $37 million in cap space, which is about what, 15 per, well, what's the cap's projected to be uh, about $240 million. So that's, we're talking like 15% of the cap is available. And there's things you could do because you actually have a lot of availability in, in cap space beyond 2024. You're going to fill some of that with maybe Jefferson and Derisaw, whatever. But they they don't have, it's not like they have $100 million to just go get a bunch of free agents. They have enough money to bring back a Daniil Hunter, a couple other guys for sure. But they don't. They effectively don't have a defensive front right now. They have Harrison, Harrison Phillips is under contract, and he's mm-hmm. a good player. He's not an elite sort of game changing player. He, he's a good player. You want him on your team. But other than that, Wanham free agent and injured. Hunter free agent. Davenport didn't even really play and a free agent. Uh, Jonathan Bullard, who wasn't great but did play six hundred snaps on the interior of your defensive line, is a free agent. <laughs> Uh, Kyrus Tonga is a restricted free agent. He played like 150 snaps. So, okay, that's just one position group. You literally, have, it's like maybe the most important position group once you get past quarterback, right? It's pretty much quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. You got to have those things solidified. Offensive line, a lot of questions about 
Dalton, your left guard is wide open. Dalton Reisner's a free agent, and he wasn't that great. He's a good pass protector. Garrett Bradbury is still kind of mid. Um, so can you can you trick yourself as an organization into thinking, okay, no, just get, okay, it's okay. Just get Cousins back, get that Achilles healed up, get Daniil back, and then draft somebody in the first round and go and right. contend, and not just contend to win nine games, in a division, by the way, that's now owned by the Lions, the Packers have sort of fast-tracked to the next franchise quarterback, apparently. So, yeah, how how objectively will you look at this organization if you're the Wolves? And, or or are we, am I missing something that, no, 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 Phil, there is plenty to be done here. We can, we, we're going to elevate. Lewis Seen as a weapon in waiting that we haven't unleashed yet, like, Right, these young cornerbacks are going to take a big step forward. It just feels like it's obvious how many holes they have and what they need to potentially do here. But will but they? they never? But they rarely go down that path, if ever. And and what they do is they do exactly what you just said, which is they say, "Hold on a second here. If we get Kirk back, if we could try to get Hunter back, which I think bringing both back would be very very tough." But they'll say, "Yeah, let's let's go draft an edge. We're going to be in great shape," you know. Um, in some ways, I think internally, especially if he sticks around, what Brian Flores did is a double-edged sword because, yeah, it was fantastic. It's very impressive. But they'll say, well, you know what? He did it once. He can do, do it again. What What yeah. are you saying? Our personnel is not that good. Look at what, what B-Flow did. And so these are all of the problems that emerge from – and I'm, I'm with Dex. And, and what I wrote is let's quit with competitive rebuild and let's quit with that word rebuild at all. Just call it a retool. Re- rebuild seems to be such a, oh, my God, if you're rebuilding, you're bad for five years. Well, that's not the way that this league works. Like a re- like, like if they start to retool tomorrow, yeah. they very well could be a playoff team in a couple of years. Now, perhaps you're punting on 2024. But, you know, there's nothing, as the Texans showed, there's nothing that is like – it's the old, the old days, I think, across sports has been, if you're rebuilding, it's probably five years. That's not how this league in particular does not work that way. But it could be five years if you don't do it right. That, that is, I do. Want, I want to build in. There is risk, obviously. This is oh, the obviously. thing. The safest thing you could do, and maybe not even anymore, because Kirk is thirty six, coming off Achilles. He'll be thirty six this summer. Kirk has been one of the safest bets in the NFL for the last eight to nine years, and that he's good enough to prevent you from being a garbage organization. He's an adult. He doesn't get into trouble off the field. He's been healthy up until this season. He's the most one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Like he's super reliable. Kirk Cousins and his presence at quarterback guarantees that you're going to win like eight or nine games, right? Maybe in a really bad year, you might only win seven if he's your starter. I think they had a seven and nine season once with Washington. There might have been a seven and nine with the Vikings, but like he is, he is a safety net for you. If you if, but he's also at this point especially their cap situation, all the positions they have to, to fill here. If you bring him back, you're probably going to win eight games next year against the third-place schedule, and that's great. But you're not winning a Super Bowl. You're not bringing him back and right. filling all of these holes at the dominant level needed to go in and beat San Francisco on the road, NFC Championship game, et cetera, right? So at some point, you have to go away from the safe thing, the safety blanket thing, and move into the next chapter. And there's risk in moving into the next chapter because if you whiff on a, if you trade up and you whiff on Jaden Daniels or something, right? 
okay, you might you might be bad for a year or two. But if you're afraid of that, if, if you own the team and you are afraid of that, then you should get new executives. Like, you should fire everybody. Like, like if I'm like, I, I own a sports team, I hired a bunch of people, but I'm not sure I trust them, then I should fire them. Like, that's the thing is, I either empower them to do what they were brought here to do or find ones that you trust. It can't always be, yeah, but if we play it safe. Be- because... I think people get confused. I don't think this has anything to do with like, oh, the Vikings, oh my God, if they aren't good for a couple of years, U.S. Bank Stadium is going to be empty. You know, I don't think this is a money play. I think that this is the Wilfs being fans. But you've got to trust your people. So when they come to you with a plan that's like, well, we're going to sort of strip things down. Kirk's not coming back. And we're going to strip things down. And we might lose. We're going to try to keep Daniel, but we might lose him too. And if you say, no, 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 we can't lose those guys, then guess what? That you should get new people to tell you what to do until you trust them. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Well, here's, yes, the, here's just like a hot take within a hot take, and then we'll get to Judd's hot take to round this out, just as we're talking here. The Vikings were closer to winning a Super Bowl in the first four years of Mike Zimmer than they've been at any point in the six years of Kirk Cousins. And it's not because, you know, the, if, if you just measured the quarterback position, which is what I think a lot of people do watching NFL games, so you want to get worse at quarterback? No, I want to get better as an organization and a team. And the Vikings team from 2015 through 2017 in particular, after Zimmer's first year when they popped up, won 11 games in the second year, and then they had the best defense in the NFL, 13 wins, a better offensive line. They had Diggs and Thielen in their prime, all these guys, Rudolph in his prime. They yep. were closer to winning a Super Bowl in the first three years before Kirk Cousins got here than in the six years since. They've been, frankly, nowhere near winning a Super Bowl in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Not even when they were a 13-win team. And you get beat at home against that Giants team, you were nowhere close to winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that perspective and get away from, oh, you're trying to downgrade a quarterback. It's not just about a one-for-one one here. It's about the entire team. It's about how you shift money around. It's right. about the age of players. It's this so much a- more complicated than just downgrading from Kirk Cousins. Because it's the sexiest thing to talk about, I think the quarterback position obviously gets the spot. But internally, when when they now sit down to meet within the next month or so with with the Wilfs, that conversation's got to and will go well beyond Kirk. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a whole philosophy. Uh, But back to Declan's point, that's where he's right. That's where they, they need to look. It was very cute, okay? They kept the band together, and they won 13 games. And that's awesome. It, it basically proved the premise that Zimmer had lost his fastball and O'Connell for 2022, at least, was a uh, better head coach, okay? You were proven right. Yeah. But now it's time to move on to Chapter 2 because if you don't, guess what? You're going to have more people lose their jobs. And that's, yeah. not, and that's not a Kirk thing. That's an, everybody, that's an everything about this team thing. And here's the thing, too, on the because it's team, team, team. There's a lot of people that when you start to poke at Kirk – 
the defense back is, well, it's football is a team game. It's a, it's about team. But when you flip the conversation around, no, it's no longer about team anymore. It's about one position and whether you are as good or not as good as Kirk Cousins. I could sit here right now. We could just do this exercise. Teams that have a far better record this year than the Minnesota Vikings, but a worse quarterback than Kirk Cousins, right? Now, Baltimore has the best record, and I think everyone would agree. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are both better than the Minnesota Vikings. 49ers at 12-4, and four, can you definitively say that Brock Purdy is better than Kirk Cousins? Or is that car just a better car to be driving? If you put Kirk Cousins in that car, they're still winning 12 games, maybe even yeah. more. And I like Purdy, but I, I think most people say uh, Dallas is 12-5. and five. I think a lot of people would... I think I would take Dak right now, but a lot of people would fight and say, no, I mean, put Kirk in that car. Would, th- would that defense swarming around Micah Parsons, would that offensive line Hall of Fame left tackle, right? Buffalo, Josh Allen, okay. I mean, Josh Allen is a future Hall of Famer. Detroit, 12-5 and five with Jared Goff. I would put Jared Goff above Kirk Cousins, former number one pick, but that's a debate for sure. Cleveland, 11-6. and six. Kirk's better than all their quarterbacks. Kansas City, okay. Philadelphia? Jalen Hurts got benched yesterday. Philadelphia is a hot mess. Yes. I know. My, I, Miami with, with Tua. Kirk, Kirk is, is better gonna, than Tua. Tua drives a better car. This is going to sound really weird. I'm getting the feeling that that the that despite the short-term sugar high, Sirianni is not the guy. They fire him. If What if they get smoked by – they're playing the Buccaneers, right? In the just, first round, what if they get smoked by Tampa? There's always something about him that's been sort of odd, and now that they're melting down, he doesn't seem to be to have the ability to stop it. Yeah. Anyway, interesting to see. But my my grand point here is this is about how do you build a better car, right? And if Kirk if Kirk no longer fits into that equation because he's taking up too much cap space or whatever it is, focus on the car, not just the one for one. Is this quarterback coming in better immediately than Kirk Cousins? That's my that's my appeal here, I guess. All right, Judd. Okay, for this hot take, get your uh, pens, pencils ready because I'm about to spew you a hot take that is going to involve um, a little bit of deduction for the National Football League draft, okay? Okay. The Vikings taking a look at the Bears-Panthers trade a year ago that got Bryce Young to the Panthers, all right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bears will trade with you almost no matter what. I think Bears will probably, you're right, take a quarterback, but they might trade that pick, but it ain't going to be within their division. Washington is in your conference. I think that because of the fact that they have have instability, I agree with you on the Patriots, but the Patriots are going to part ways with Belichick, and the Patriots need a lot of help as well, okay? So, the Vikings need to offer the Patriots their 2024 first round pick, so that's a swap. A two a 2025 first round pick, oh, a 2024 second round pick, and a third rounder in 2026 for the number three overall oh. pick in this year's draft. Oh, wow, dude! Oh, wow! And and, wow. and, and just does and, that, did you do the the draft chart math on that? I I did you just I, make that up? No. I made that up based off the Panthers Bears trade, and here's what I'm taking out because that okay. was the number one pick, and and this is three. I'm taking out the DJ Moore component, so I'm not giving them a Pro Bowl player. You're not giving them Justin Jefferson, correct? 
Well, I mean, DJ Moore is a really good player. And according to the uh, Bears was an absolutely essential part of that trade. But I'm talking about the third pick, not the first pick. So I think you for sure withhold some part of the package. And to me, it's a star player. So there is, I do have the draft value chart here. Let's do it. From drafttech.com. Football. Let's do it. Mm. All right. Mm. So the Vikings need, this is going to get really wonky here, but for the Vikings to move from 11 to 3, they need to give 1,000 points in value. Okay. Their second round pick is worth 480. So let's round up. It's worth 500 in value. Oh, I might have overshot here. A future first round pick. How does that work? Because it's not a future first round pick. Thor used to have this math. It's not worth the exact amount of a current first round pick because you're deferring it to the future year. Right. And you don't but know isn't it like, it's like 75% of the value or something. That, that sounds right. I, I think that sounds right. Okay. I'll, maybe we can text. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to guys. Miles and Forno about it maybe tomorrow too. Put a pin in this. Okay. Yeah, just text Thor. We still yeah. talk to Thor. I love, love the Thormeister. Miss it him. would be great. We'd love to get Thor back in the mix too. Um, and so if you could go bother Thor on social and say, hey, Thor, we'd love you to to <laughs> come back to Scorn Arth, come back to Purple Daily, come, Purple Daily come back misses home. You, Thor. Yep. <laughs> um, so a future first-round pick, and plus you don't really know where that future first-round pick is going right. to be. So right. let's just say a future first-round pick is, this might be their logic too. Let's just say it's like in the middle of the pack somewhere. So it's like 1,000 points. But it's but you, you knock off 25% for uh, – Waiting a year, so let's call it 750 points. Does my logic make sense there? Okay, that that sure. gets that gets you home right there. Oh well, then you that know gets what? you then... home right there. It would be a future a future first, and it would be your current second round pick that would potentially get you home. And your flip flop in your first round picks then. Yep. This year. Okay. Well, then I would, then the I am removing that I am removing at least one part of that trade. My point is that I want one of the three quarterbacks. And you'd probably be getting Jaden Daniels in that yeah, situation, right? Which I think would be a mm-hmm. pretty good addition. You seem to be circling Jaden Daniels, too. I mean, before combine and stuff starts to go out, I feel like Judd Zolgad's number one guy at the draft were tomorrow. I think Jaden Daniels seems to be your target. I like the overall package, and I like what he brings. And I'm not, I'm not convinced because O'Connell ultimately um, didn't continue to get a ton from Joshua Dobbs. I'm not convinced i feel like it's now the narratives become well he doesn't want a mobile quarterback i think he wants the right one like i'm not i i think it's a stretch to say because a career backup didn't uh pass the test i think it's a stretch to say well he clearly just wants a guy to sit back in the pocket like kirk did um it's my opinion that in some ways what we saw was o'connell trying to stick with the system that he had designed. He didn't want to overhaul it. But the other thing is, he and this sort of makes sense, I don't love it, but it was essentially halfway through the season. So, like, if you get your quarterback, okay, if you draft your guy in April, and it's Jaden Daniels, and he's got a multitude of skills, um, and a bunch that Kirk didn't have, you know, are you telling me that he's going to take the Kirk playbook and be like, well, this is all I run? Well, this is a good segue into the Brett Coleman report from over the weekend. Cause this is this sort of philosophical yep. discussion might actually have been answered a year ago leading up to the draft. So let's, let's get to that. I also have at least one mock for you guys. We have more black Friday news coming in. So let's call this halftime <laughs> of our purple daily live stream here. Timeout. 
We'll call we'll we'll call we'll call timeout here, or we'll just go into the locker room here. It's a thirty second timeout, or are we taking a full? Time? <laughs> uh, it might be like like a two minute timeout after we shout out our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated, if you're looking to draft an insurance partner that has your back, that offers you frontline protection, like a great offensive line, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been around since 1904. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They are one of us, so to speak, and they are uh, just a great partner for you, a business owner, to make sure that you have that peace of mind uh, that they bring. All sorts of expertise and tools. You can find more information at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, our friends over at Zero Res are helping you deep clean your home and take a deep breath of fresh, clean air, clean carpets, clean air ducts. And get this, you can get three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119. Think about that, $119, get three rooms Zero Resified, carpets cleaned. When you ask for the Score North Special, call 952-ZERO-RES or ZEROResMinnesota.com. Make sure you say you want the Score North Special. To get those three rooms zero resified and $75 off when you get your air ducts cleaned as well. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero res. Okay. So here is, uh, for those unfamiliar, Brett Coleman has a massive YouTube channel and community. It's called The Film Room on YouTube. It's excellent. He does Mm -hmm. film breakdowns, uh, offensive line breakdowns. He's also, within the last year, been hired as a consultant for the Chargers. So he's, he's super plugged into the NFL community, huh. the scouting community. Uh, he, like I said, he has worked for at least one NFL team. And he joined the Mina Kimes podcast a few days ago. And he said, quote, I don't think people realize how hard the Vikings tried to trade up for Anthony Richardson last year. The haul they put on the table was massive. They were going to give away the entire farm, the cat, like all of the farm, he said. They were going to give everything, but it takes two to tango. Their trade partner thought they were going to be too good, and so they went elsewhere because they didn't want low picks. So the team thought, oh, the Vikings are going to make this deal, and then our future first-round picks are going to be in the late 20s or whatever. Right. I still feel like Minnesota is going to make a move in the 2024 NFL draft. Reckless speculation. What do you make of that? So I think that, I think that's probably spot on. And it's, I believe it was our our friend Forno that around this time, yes, around draft time last year, said that he had heard the same type of exact things. Now, the one thing can I we, didn't know. We should give him credit real quick because I know that, like, I don't yeah. think he went super public with that. He didn't. Um, but he was texting us, like, in the hours leading up to the draft saying, hey, I'm hearing that the Vikings really like Anthony Richardson and they mm-hmm. are making potentially a huge move to go up. He heard the same thing that mm-hmm. clearly Brett Coleman heard. So credit to Forno on that. Now, I, I think the interesting bit of new news from this is the fact that the team that they were going to trade with was actually afraid that the Vikings would be too good and get low picks. That makes a lot more sense now. Um, now, what's interesting, for instance, is in my proposed trade with a Patriots team that needs a lot of help as well. Uh, I don't think that if you are the Patriots and the Vikings are going to move on from Kirk and sort of hit a retool button, I don't think that you have to be as concerned about, oh, my God, they're going to be drafting 30th. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So I do think, and this is the thing I'm waiting for, I do think that we need to see and hopefully will see 
a move from quasi and to a certain degree O'Connell approved, but a move like this, right? Like this is the next step. Like at some point in time, unless you are perfectly happy to spin your wheels continually, you know, Rick Spielman, I will say this. Rick Spielman was allowed to, and it made sense at the time, go out and sign Kirk Cousins because it's like the Wilfs have never been afraid of splashes. I feel like they do get afraid of, oh, my God, what happens if we're bad? But what I make of this is it's very logical to think that something along these lines is coming now. And with the, with the current quarterback class, why not this year? Like, the timing is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Why not this year to do something like this? And, and to go back to Dex's point, a guy like Jaden Daniels seems to me to be a damn good fit here. So this is so fascinating in that if, if Anthony Richardson was the guy they identified, it meant they were comfortable with some inaccuracy because coming out of college and Anthony Richardson didn't play enough this year to really see what he looked like in an NFL offense. He, he played like three games or whatever and got hurt. So he came out of college with one of the lowest completion percentages of any quarterback ever drafted in the first round in the modern era, like the last 30 years. He had only started 13 games in college. He started one game in 2021 and then 12 in 2022. So they, if, if Richardson was the guy, it means they were comfortable trading because where were they picking? Like 20, they were picking like third, right? The Vikings. So, so to move up maybe 20 spots mm -hmm. to yep. get a guy that had accuracy issues, a yep. guy that was completely inexperienced, only started 13 games in college. Now, Jaden Daniels, in terms of mobility, kind of fits the profile. But here's the thing about Jaden. Now, there's a 35, 40 pound difference between, yeah. they're both pretty tall, like 6'3, six, 6'4. Uh, Anthony Richardson measured in at like 245 pounds. Uh, Jaden Daniels listed around 210, depending on uh, the website you go to. So there's like a 30 or 40 pound difference between those two guys. But Jaden Daniels has made 55 starts in his college career. And he completed 72% of his passes last year at LSU. He also, by the way, led the, uh, led the uh, Division I ranks with 1,100 rushing yards. So it makes some sense. And you're probably not moving up to one. You're probably not moving up to two for the reasons Judd just mentioned. But this would be a shorter trip up the board for I don't want I don't want to compare Richardson and Jaden Daniels too much because they they do profile differently. But for a guy who's electric with mobility, uses his legs, he's more accurate, not quite as stout. He doesn't have the Dante Culpepper build that Anthony Richardson has. But but essentially the opposite profile of quarterback that you've been working with if you're Kevin O'Connell in Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and some of the other guys from his previous stops, too. And I, I'm really excited to talk with Miles and Forno about this. And by the way, programming alert, I know we usually drop that episode on Mondays. We're going to drop it on Tuesday morning just because of the national championship, uh, championship game and stuff. So if you're expecting Purple Alien yep. draft, a uh, little extra day of, of waiting, but we'll have a, a big one ready for you on Tuesday morning. And uh, we're going to get into this, too, but you look at the draft board, there are players just black and white that you can trade up with teams. You can trade up with like the Chargers are at five. They're not, they're not going to take a quarterback. The Titans drafted Will Levis last year. Are they going to take a quarterback? I don't think so. They could, but I don't think so. So there are paths. I mean, if you want to go up one extra spot with the jets, the jets might, might even bail back a little bit here. There are paths going from as high as five or maybe even at seven where that's plausible. You're not jumping 20 spots. And again, you're not going to get it for free, not going to get it completely discounted, but going up from 11 to even 7, 
that's doable, man. Like that's not that's not giving up a complete king's ransom. You're gonna have to pay a hefty yeah. price. But there's a there's an actual path where that does make a ton of sense. So in terms of the teams in front of you that that definitely need a quarterback or are, are likely going to be threats to sniping someone in front of you, right? We've already gone Bears, Commanders, Patriots. The Cardinals at four, it seems more and more like they're just going to roll forward, especially if the, if the board plays out and they can get a Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. The Cardinals, now that they've fallen, they're probably not drafting a quarterback at four. Yep. Uh, Declan said at the Chargers, they have Herbert. The Giants at six are really interesting. Yeah. They're wild card. Because yeah. they finish kind of hot with backup quarterbacks. Could they take a quarterback six? So you you might have to, if you if you view the Giants as a threat to take a quarterback at six, you're right. The Titans have Will Levis. Uh, although they they will get to some Black Friday or uh, Black Monday speculation. There's a Vrabel to New England report out there. So if they change coaches, could the new coach want a new quarterback? But they've got Will Levis. The Falcons at eight need a quarterback. So if you want the third quarterback off the board, you might have to jump the Giants and the Falcons and hope that three quarterbacks don't go off the board in the first three or do the Judd thing, which is just trade up to trade up to three and make the Patriots. All right, we were going to draft a quarterback. We can still take Penix later, but we'll take right. the draft capital to. Yeah. Right. Or the other thing you could do is whether you trade up or not, you could let the top of the draft, let let three quarterbacks come off the board and don't get crazy. But that means there's going to be better other players available. You could take the first or second edge rusher off the board, or you could take the defensive tackle from Illinois, Newton, right? And then work your way back into the first round later and grab a Penix or somebody if you liked. If you thought there was five or six quarterbacks that you could do with, that's the thing we don't know is, do they view a Jaden Daniels as being a franchise changer two levels above like a Michael Penix? or a Bo Nix, or some of these other guys? And my opinion is this. I think they are at a place right now where they need to identify the quarterback they want. And and if it's not the if it's not going to be the first and probably second o- overall pick, go get that player. Like, it's just a different... I, I know this team has, you know, traditionally not done this in fact i don't think they've ever done this but i think if you could identify that and go to the patriots and say we will even and and it sounds like the richardson trade is a comparable where we will even overpay but we're going to get the guy that we want and it's just time yeah you know phil to your point about um ponder itis and all of the you know oh christian ponder what if what if we get christian ponder again we're also paralyzed with the with the um, long held Herschel Walker itis as well, right? Which is what if what if we get ripped off in a trade like the Herschel deal, one of the worst trades in sports history? So we're always paralyzed by these fears. And again, I'll, I'll go back and say this: if you don't trust the people who are making the decisions, then get new people or let mm-hmm. them do their job. Because this whole thing of, well, in 1989, the Vikings got fleeced by the Cowboys. And I remember that. Or, you know, in in 2012 or so, the Vikings took Ponder and that didn't work. That does concern me, though. The one thing about the Ponder thing I think that was learned is this. If you need a position like that and you're just sort of going to wait around and be like, well, who's left? I would rather be aggressive and actually identify a guy and go get that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the other thing I'm trying to figure out here is I'm looking at at last year's draft order. 
because there was a bunch of trades. I'm, I, I tried to find a list where it, it had the teams organized by where they originally were slotted after the Panthers had moved up because they moved up pretty early to number one. Mm-hmm. Which team said no to the Vikings if, if the Brett Coleman and Tyler Fornis team is correct? And I think it was the Cardinals. NFC rival, not rival, but like a fellow NFC team, right? Sure. They were the team open for business. So the Texans had the number two pick. And then the Texans traded back back up from like 12 up to three. So the Cardinals were open for business moving back. And the so there must have been, I'd love to see like the deal that they got from the Texans next to whatever the Vikings offered and the Cardinals saying, you know what, we feel like they must have thought the Texans are going to be bad for a while. But ironically, the, Tex- the Texans are in the playoffs and they might actually wind well, up. But you just hit on the key thing. Didn't you just say the Texans went from 12 to three mm-hmm. instead of trying to go from 20, what, 23 to three. And they and drafted the- Stroud number two. Cause they had the, but they had the number yeah. two pick in the bags. So they drafted Stroud. Then they took as uh, it will Anderson, right? The defensive and, player. And now the Vikings at 11 are in a far better place to make that move and make the team that they trade with feel pretty damn good. Still about the picks that they're flip-flopping. Here was the trade. I have it here. So the Texans received the number three and the number 105 picks from Arizona. So 105 would be like a late third or early fourth. It'd be like the, the I guess, the early fourth round pick. Um, and then Arizona got the, so they swapped the 12 and then the early second round pick from the Texans and a 2024 first and a 2024 third. The Texans traded their own 2024 first round pick to the Cardinals. Not the okay, so they had two picks to trade there. So here, here, this is the equivalent. I mean, this is if for the Judd theory on moving up to three, yep. is you'd swap the the eleven and the three. You would also give up your second round pick and next year's first round pick, and then they would kick you back a fourth. Okay, it's pretty much exactly what we mapped out there with the the draft. I'm in the draft tech chart or whatever that website was. Absolutely. It's time. It's time, guys. Time. It's it's Vader. Time. 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 (laughs) Okay, I might be like 15 minutes behind on the uh, the NFL news cycle here, trying to keep up while we do a a live Purple Daily. But here is the latest on Black Monday in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. So ESPN and others reporting that. The commanders have hired Bob Myers, like the NBA Warriors architect Bob Myers, and Rick Spielman, former Vikings general manager, to assist the ownership group to land a new head football coach and a head of football operations. So those guys aren't like full-time employees, but they are helping essentially put the pieces in place for Washington. Yep. Interesting. Here's a couple other dominoes. Diana Rossini from The Athletic reporting that Bill Belichick is currently still the head coach in New England as of right now. But the Atlanta Falcons are a team to watch if Belichick is available. They are interested in Bill Belichick, according to sources. I love this. The ownership. Arthur Blank calls up Diana and says, hey, hey. what are you hearing on Bill? Well, it makes a lot of sense then to to have blown out Arthur Smith on Sunday night. Yeah, like to clear the decks. What would you? I mean, would you would you trade anything? I mean, Bill's under contract, so if if you're Robert Kraft, you'd want to give this a few days to sort of yeah marinate, right, and see I, if somebody. Opens. I don't think Bill. Uh, you know, 
Bill might be his own little type of jerk, but I think, you know, when you have won as much as Bill has, I don't think you, you get the black Monday treatment. I think you deserve more than that. You get so to at least Tuesday, will, right? I think this play, I think this more plays out. Well, and, and my guess too, is that this will be as weird as this might sound for a coach. I think this one falls into the mutual decision, right? It's like Bill's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's time. time. Kraft's like, it's time. They hug. But they Bill doesn't want to say it's time because Bill wants his money, right? If Bill says it's time, well, Robert's like, oh, you think it's time? Are you resigning? You're resigning all that money that we paid? I could see them coming to a, an agreement then. And, and like Bill, to your point, being traded or something. I, I also would not be uh, surprised one bit if Bill, because uh, I don't think he'll retire. If he goes to a team, might coach for a year or so. But I think he'll probably transition to just a GM at some point. So, He's what, oh, 70? Just a GM? Would you hire him to be your GM? I, I personally wouldn't, but I think some teams oh, will. God. I would I not. Know, no, no, I would not. But then but, as that domino potentially falls, here is Jordan Schultz from Bleacher Report saying, sources tell Bleacher Report, as the Titans weigh Mike Vrabel's future this week, Vrabel is interested in the idea of returning to the Patriots yeah. should New England part ways with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I like Mike Frable. And I mean, I do think he's a good coach. I don't know if I would go, if I was the Patriots, I don't know that that would be my guy. I think I would want to disassociate from the Belichick thing. Like if I'm going to let Bill go, do I want a Bill guy coming in? I mean, Vrabel's done a good job with kind of a revolving door of mid quarterbacks. Also a defensive guy. I, I, mean, if I think are, in the opposite of what you're thinking, I think it makes complete sense. That's why the Patriots would like Mike Rabel. All the reasons you're laying out, that's why the Patriots. So you want to would. hold on to the Belichick thing? They, they, that's familiar with them. It's stability. Yes, he's defensive first. He's done really well with mid quarterbacks. I mean, I, th- I think that makes the point of why the Patriots would go after Mike Rabel. I see I it as keep, a fit, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might keep Bill then, but I don't think that, that, that they should. I think it's time for Oh, you'd keep page. Bill over, Vra- over bringing Rabel in? If I'm going to disassociate from Bill, I'm not going to bring in a Bill protege at this point. Think of him as like a, a fresher version of, of Bill, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's disassociating. It's just acknowledging that you're you're moving on from, go from Bill Belichick. I think I go offense first. Okay. This is my opinion. This, this, this debate will rage on. Yeah. Off the <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Patriots, Daily. yeah. Patriots Daily will be off. Oh, can you imagine Boston's? Oh, EEI this morning has to be just great. Well, B- Bill did a radio interview. This he does like his Monday. He yeah. did his Monday morning interview, I guess, and just kind uh, of. Uh, so Ron, Ron Rivera, Washington out. Arthur Smith, Atlanta out. GM Scott Fitterer in Carolina is out. So so David Tepper has fired everyone officially. So there are currently, as of right now, five head coach openings. Raiders, although the Raiders should just give Pierce that job. Panthers, Chargers, Falcons, and Commanders are all open for business right now. So we'll Panthers, see what else happens here on Black Monday. I think the Panthers might be the new commanders. When you've got the owner throwing drinks on fans and hiring Frank Reich, so bad. drafting, and, and then, by the way, supposedly it, it was uh, Tepper that told him to draft Bryce Young. And now he fires the GM. This, this sounds very, very similar to uh, Daniel Snyder. Yeah, guy's a guy's a total train wreck. Total Unable train to control wreck. himself. Like, what are you doing throwing ice on a fan? 
It's so dumb. Okay, I have I have an interesting one here for you guys. I want to mock! Mock! This is from the Bleacher Report Scouting Department, and this mock is presented by our friends over at Underdog. Dex, any any winning tickets from the weekend? Any losing? Yes, tickets? yeah, we got one. Uh, just a nice little uh, payday for for our guy watching this Vikings game. He, he took oh. the hires on uh, on Nick Mullins, Justin Jefferson, JJ. I mean, I think JJ has something like six hundred some yards, almost no exaggeration, in his last three games against the Lions. So any prop you see next season against Detroit on Justin with Justin Jefferson, probably just hammer that. And now it's the NFL playoffs. Okay, it's the best time of year, and there's. Awesome pick 'em options. There's awesome fantasy league options. So maybe your regular fantasy football season came to an end. You can still draft a playoff team for this weekend on Super Wild Card Weekend at Super Underdog Fantasy. Wild Card Week. Football. Promo code score. SKOR will give you a $100 deposit match too. So if you haven't joined, uh, $100 deposit match with promo code score. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Matthew Stafford, man, give give me those Rams against Detroit. That's going to be fun. Man, that's going to be devastating for Lions fans when they build this thing back up after the Stafford trade, and then Stafford sticks a stake. And he's going to just torch that secondary, which is going to be mm. just hilarious to watch. Yeah, they're going to have to. St- that offense is going to have to put up a lot of points to uh, to beat the Rams there. Okay, this is from the Bleacher Report scouting department. It's a brand new mock draft with the new draft order. So the scouting department includes Brandon Thorne, who is the offensive line expert guy on social, and then like three or four other people. So they put their heads together. And with the number one overall pick, the Chicago Bears select. Maya, hold on. <laughs> She's just pawed at the door. She's with the number one pick, the Chicago Bears select quarterback Drake May from North Carolina. Interesting. You know what? I think there's going to be partially leaked because of of uh, self in- interests, but also partially based on some of the stuff that came out during the season. I think there's going to be some Caleb Williams pushback about things like personality. For sure, he's crying. He's selfish. Well, he didn't go to the podium a couple of times, or like once. And I know that sounds stupid. It's but not like that's, though. It's not right. Exactly. It's if a he's if he's kind of like if he can't handle losing and adversity, and if he lets his emotions overtake, like. Those are things that, as a quarterback leading a franchise, need to get ironed out at some point. Yeah. But then also, he's he's young. He's like in his, what is he, 20, 21, whatever he is. Like, you want to give some grace? Yeah. But, but if you're if you're the Drake May camp, you're leaking that stuff all day, right? Oh, did you hear about this dude? Hey, dude cries to his parents after Well, and you know what's funny is is the this time of year that we're about to uh, embark on, there, you don't hear much of. Well, he's young. He'll. It's always like immediate. Oh my God, this guy's a train wreck. Yeah. Well, because you. I mean, you don't really get the same leeway as a twenty-one or twenty-two year old as you do in normal life. Where okay, let's take yeah. a gap year and go to Europe and <laughs> yeah. smoke some weed or whatever. It's like okay. you know, if you're a, you're a quarterback, you're walking into a locker room where a bunch of twenty-seven to thirty-year-old grown men with families are relying on you to keep the gravy mm-hmm. train going, right? So. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the first I think prominent mock I've seen where it's just straight up. It's not someone like trading up. It's just the Bears deciding that Drake May is the guy. Number two, Commanders do take Caleb Williams. Number three, the New England Patriots take our local guy, Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Oh wow! Ooh. 
So here's part of the write up there because th- th- this is a the third pick here is going to be such a fork in the road that if they if if the Patriots go away from quarterback, there's a bunch of teams that might not need a quarterback after them, right? So, um, so their logic here is that the football world is going to be waiting to see if Bill Belichick remains the team's head coach, but the Patriots could do far worse than selecting a franchise left tackle with the third overall pick. It doesn't really say why they wouldn't be taking a quarterback though. Um, number four, Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals. That mm-hmm. seems to make a lot of sense. Right? I think that's a given. Number five, Chargers take tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia. So another weapon for Justin Herbert. Number six, the New York Giants, another quarterback needy team, right? Mm-hmm. Although they do have they do have Daniel Jones under contract for $40 million. They got Tommy DeVito Tommy. waiting in the wings. Tommy. Tyrod Taylor, one of the better backups. Yeah. So, so they take the offensive tackle from Penn State, Fashanu. Okay. So that's two tackles off the board. A third tackle off the board to the Titans protecting Will Levis. It's uh, Alabama's J.C. Latham. Now we're down to the eighth pick. Another quarterback needy team, the Atlanta Falcons, according to Bleacher Report's scouting department, takes the first edge rusher off the board, Jared Verse from Florida State. This is playing out very nicely for the Vikings here. So are the Falcons signing Kirk Cousins in this world? So that's the thing. We we will know that before the draft, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of all this. Absolutely. Number nine, Chicago Bears take, with their second top ten pick, a wide receiver from LSU, Malik Neighbors. The Jets on the clock at ten take another offensive tackle, uh, Mims from Georgia, and that puts the Vikings on the clock at eleven. Wow! So they have Jaden Daniels. Just wow. Okay. But this, you know, this is what this is what happens. Like this yeah, time oh, of year, I know. these guys. That's why I love this time of you year. Know. I love it. Jaden Daniels from LSU goes to the Minnesota Vikings with the eleventh pick. I want a mock. Mock. Well, I will say, I will say this first blush day after season. So much to happen. Um, I got to think if it starts to fall like that, somebody else will try to go up and get Daniels. But so then you I'm can the Vi- move up too. You could go up. A couple if I'm spots, the Vikings, you know? then I think I try and go to, uh, to, uh, five. By the Chargers. way, Pen- Penix goes 12 here right after Jane oh. Daniels. They got the Broncos taking Penix. Okay. And I'm taking Daniels. Oh. So I, I do like that. Here's the write up on Daniels. No prospect. And by the way, on the Justin Jefferson front. Let's say uh, Kirk signs with the Falcons or something in March, and Jefferson's like, "Well, I'm going to quit football. I'm not. I'm never playing football again unless Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Trade me to Atlanta right now. I want to go to Atlanta. Just dude, just wait a couple months. Calm down. Uh, Here is a fellow LSU, a fellow LSU uh, alumni here, alumnus." Jaden Daniels ran for a thousand yards, keeps plays alive, big plays down the field. Are are you back, Justin? I think Justin would say that sounds great. That can be my tag team partner for the yeah. next at least five years. Okay, and that, that's the thing too is so I, I think Justin felt that that he had been um, not tricked, but you know, a couple of weeks ago, asked about Kirk. He's like, yeah, I love Kirk Cousins, and and he probably does. Like, I don't doubt. It. But did you notice when they came back and asked him last week? the same sort of questions he backed off. He's like, it's up to the team. Like he clearly had talked to, I don't know the team or what, but like his, his response had changed a bit. Justin Jefferson wants one thing. 
a good quarterback. And you he know? wants to win. I think he wants to win more than anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's. I think Diggs is kind of the same way, and that those guys, yeah, like they want the ball, and they and part of the reason they want the ball is because they think, well, we would be winning if you would just give me the ball because I'm really good at football. Um, but you have seen a little bit more cantankerousness on the sidelines from Justin Jefferson. He's not to Diggs levels yet, or Randy Moss levels, where he's well. Just, yesterday he was frustrated, and I don't blame him. But I mean, I I think yesterday was also uh, an encapsulation of the season, don't you? Like I, I don't think yes, the Lions game wasn't going well, uh, but I think that was he's been hurt. It's been frustrating, um, and and as far as meltdowns from wide receivers that we've seen, that was about as mild as I've ever seen. For sure, like Chris yeah. Carter used to be slant, you know, Moss, and those they go nuts. Yeah, you'd have like Dante Culpepper would just be like, or Randall Cunningham would be standing on the sidelines just trying to like enjoy two minutes off while the defense does work. Yes. And you'd have like two receivers, one in each yes. ear, you know. Grab the ball. I don't know. Uh, here's the write up on Jaden Daniels to the Vikings, by the way. Yep. No prospect improved his draft status this year more than LSU's Jaden Daniels. The 23 year old benefited from better protection, two first round wide receivers on his flanks, and an investment in virtual quarterback simulation. So he could get extra reps throughout yeah, the week. Put those things on, yeah. All of it led to the fifth-year senior exploding for almost 5,000 total yards and 50 total touchdowns from the Bleacher Report scout. Quote, Daniels is a unique prospect. He's often defined by his outstanding athleticism and penchant for chunking the ball deep, but Daniels presents far more than these two traits. The consensus All-American is a tough pocket manager with a veteran-like sense for running the offense. He could still stand back. Uh, he could still stand to be a tick faster at times at getting the ball out, although he understands how to play within the system and find answers beyond his first read. Daniels is an exciting option for Kevin O'Connell's scheme, with Justin Jefferson finally getting to play with a dynamic quarterback. There you or, go. Or, or mm-hmm. we could just bring Kirk Cousins back for two years, $80 million. Or you could just take one huh? in the second round and hope. Could just do that hope. too. Yep. Just, you know, if it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So plenty of options on the table there. Uh, okay, we're going to hit you guys with a bonus episode, too, a little bit later on where Judd carves up his pie chart of blame for a 7-10 and 10 missed playoffs season. We'll see what, what Chef Judd cooks up here. And, uh, and we are going to be your home starting really yesterday because Vikings Vent Line turned into a sort of what do you want to do in the future episode. Mm-hmm. We have... So much off-season content stacked for you yesterday, today, and then tomorrow we're going to go through as a front office and start to sort of make some salary cap space and go through that exercise. So uh, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, we're just ramping up now that the season's over between now and draft time. See you guys.